You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hello, I'm Bob Ambrogi. And I'm Monica Bay. We've been writing about law and technology for more than 30 years. That's right. During that time, we've witnessed many changes and innovations. Technology is improving the practice of law, helping lawyers deliver their services faster and cheaper. Which benefits not only lawyers and their clients, but everyone. And moves us closer to the goal of access to justice for all. Tune in every month as we explore the new legal technology and the people behind the tech here on Law Technology Now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Law Technology Now. I'm your host, Monica Bay. Today we have a special show. I'd like to introduce my new co-host, Sean LaRoque Doherty. Welcome. Thank you. I am an attorney based in Brooklyn, and I'm licensed to practice in California, New York, and the District of Columbia. I'm an outside counsel that focuses on compliance work, and I'm also an in-house counsel at introspection.com. And I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Today, our guest is Rod Ahmed. But before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Thomson Reuters Westlaw Edge. And now, on to the show. Our first question is, tell us a little bit about your background and the education you had and why you decided not to become a lawyer. Yeah, definitely. I am uh, born and raised in New York City. Um, I attended St. John's University for undergrad, where I majored in legal studies and philosophy of law. Um, after graduating, I attended uh, law school at the University of Buffalo Law School in upstate New York. And why I didn't become a traditional attorney? Um, it's a good question. And I think I just kind of fell in love with um, building things uh, on the internet. And um, one of my first side projects I did was when I was in law school and I launched this app called MyFB Cover Photo, which essentially allowed people to customize their Facebook profiles. Um, I saw an opportunity because this was around the time when Facebook released uh, what's called timelines, and there was this big cover photo image that everyone now had, so I thought it'd be a cool idea to um, build a web app that allowed people to click through thousands of different cover photos within hundreds of different categories and automatically change it on your profile. Um, that app um, eventually took off um, at its peak. It was getting about 30 million hits a month, and I made it into a decent six-figure business while I was still in law school. Um, and I think that was um, a pivotal point for me where I really understood a little bit the power of the Internet. And if you can create useful tools for people, it'll create value for the world, um, and you'll be able to impact a lot of people. So my decision to not become a lawyer wasn't like a binary decision, you know, either I don't become a lawyer or I just, just do the startup. I think it was just like, you know, I have the degree um, and I can always become a licensed attorney, but I'm not sure if I'll ever have the opportunity um, to build something um, because what if someone else builds it first? So the idea was like, I'm going to maybe work on another company 
um, started, um, ideally in the legal field, um, because I've already sort of gotten the education. Um, and if it fails, worst case scenario, I will sit for the bar and work as an attorney. And if it takes off and it does well, then I will, um, stick with that. And I at least got the experience from working, um, under other attorneys and just learning about legal education and how the legal system works and all of that. Um, so essentially I saved up after graduating law school, I saved up some of the money that I made from my previous venture and um, put it all into Law Trades, which is essentially a platform that allows people to find, hire, and work with attorneys um, over the internet. And the way I got sort of started with that was I found a problem, which was independent attorneys struggling to um, sort of start their own firm and manage their operations and billings and client acquisition and all of that. Um, I know that when I graduated law school, it would be a useful resource for me to tap into a platform that allowed me to basically, um, you know, instantly create my virtual law firm and be able to monetize my law degree um, from wherever I was and work as much as I want or as little as I wanted and let the platform sort of um, dictate and figure that out for me. So I really kind of thought of law trades from an attorney's perspective and how to sort of give them more freedom and flexibility and, and an option beyond just going the traditional law firm route. So I saw an opportunity there. And obviously you guys know about there's, you know, the high unemployment rate of grads graduating law school and also attorneys that worked at big law that were getting burned out. So I thought the timing of it was pretty great. And, you know, on the other side of it, we're a marketplace. So the other side of it are currently businesses um, I just wanted to create a more fluid and better user experience when it comes towards somebody who's never worked with a lawyer before to hire the best attorney very quickly. So the way the platform works on the client side is you basically tell it your legal issue. Um, the algorithm matches you with the best available attorney with upfront price codes. Um, you choose the one that you sort of think you have the best professional chemistry with and you hire them through our platform with a credit card. And once they do the work, you approve it, and then uh, you pay with your card at the end and leave a review. So I hope that kind of, it's a little long-winded, but it kind of answers the question of why I decided to not go to traditional attorney route. It was just kind of an experimentation and um, just took a chance, really. And, you know, luckily so far, I guess it's, it's kind of paid off. Before we move on, we'll take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsor. Thomson Reuters Westlaw Edge is the most intelligent legal research platform ever. Powered by state-of-the-art artificial intelligence, Westlaw Edge delivers the fastest answers and the most valuable insights, providing you with a clear strategic advantage. The advanced features on Westlaw Edge allow legal professionals to practice with a greater degree of certainty and confidence never before available. Visit westlawedge.com to learn more. Welcome back. This is Sean LaRoque Doherty, and I'm here with Rod Ahmed and Monica Bay. And Rod, you talked a little bit about law trades and how it's a marketplace and software as a service platform and network for small businesses. But who are its primary customers? Yeah. So, the way we view law trades is it's a part marketplace 
part SaaS tool and uh, part network. And I think to really create the best user experience for all parties that are involved, um, you really need to build all three of them at the same time, uh, which is very, very difficult to do. But in terms of our customer base, when we launched LawTrade, the primary target was small business owners, uh, startups, early stage startups, and freelancers. We found that they typically, well, you know, ask the most questions on Google. So we did kind of like a data analysis breakdown of search trends and what people were looking for. And we found out that that um, customer segment um, really wanted to work with attorneys and they didn't really have somebody in their network. So that was our niche, basically um, that small segment. And we just wrote like a ton of content to basically help them out. Wrote a lot on this platform called Quora. I think I have like almost like 9, 9 million views on my answers and just kind of built our reputation and through a lot of like in-person events and just kind of grew that startup sort of community, which helped LawTrade get launched. Um, when we were bootstrapping, that was really our main uh, revenue stream. Today, we're still working with small business owners and, you know, there's a lot more sort of um, efficiencies built into the software to help serve them faster at a larger scale. But we've been um, also focusing on helping general counsels at larger companies. So in this scenario, we're calling the product Law Trades Apex. We help general counsels scale their legal departments through helping them hire and manage uh, distributed legal teams. So while we are sort of still focusing on small business owners, um, that's been sort of like a, a new problem that we discovered that we figured we can continue to leverage our platform to help that segment. Okay. So I guess lawtrades.com is kind of focused on small business owners looking for attorneys, and that's part of the marketplace, right? Yep. And then as a software as a service platform, your other customer, though, is like an independent attorney such as myself to, I guess, uh, create a, some type of information page so someone can find me in the marketplace and, and go from there. How does, how does an independent attorney like me get into the marketplace and offer my services? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. Um, so the SaaS component of it is heavily focused on helping independent attorneys operate their online law practices. So with most sites out there, you just really just get like a profile and you're listed in a directory and you're basically sent uh, leads or phone numbers or uh, emails. We really care about providing an end-to-end -end user experience and we really care about providing value to our attorney users. So we go pretty deep in terms of providing them with basically free SaaS tools, um, everything from automating client intakes to invoicing, to billing, to CRM, to sending proposals, engagement letters, like really everything that you would need to start, run, operate, and scale your law firm, um, we've built out tools for that. And I think the reason why these tools are so powerful is because they're sort of baked into our marketplace, right? So we can really take it from start to finish, any sort of clients, help you with retention, give you data and insights on how you're performing, tell you, you know, where you rank in terms of, let's say, your response time compared to the rest of the attorneys in the network, um, constantly give you feedback as you sort of work through the platform. So there's a lot of really cool things that we're able to do 
to help out attorneys by combining the marketplace with SaaS. And then the network part is sort of a page kind of taken from like social networks. And I have this, um, you know, this idea that, you know, for the past couple of years, it's all been, you know, everything's been about social networks and how we use the internet to communicate with one another and stay in touch. And I think the next 10 to 20 years will be all about these marketplaces where people connect online for work. Um, the internet helps people get hired. The internet helps people get rated and, you know, get feedback for their work performance. And it also helps connect people who are seeking to hi- uh, hire these people. And we can use elements of a social network, such as reputation and ratings and profiles, but leverage it in a way to basically encourage commerce online and encourage more people to basically be their own bosses. So, you know, we're really, we're really, really excited about the SaaS component of, of, of the marketplace. And I think that's kind of a differentiator for us. And also, it's just fun to see attorneys really use them. And, you know, we get so many letters and, and emails from attorneys who kind of talk about how law trades has changed their lives. They're able to pay down their, you know, their student loans. Um, we had this one attorney who uh, had, uh, well, has a daughter and he used to work at a big law firm. And because I think she was diagnosed with Down syndrome, he had to basically, he was only, you know, he could only like work from home to take care of her. And basically law trades afforded him the opportunity to work from home and look after his daughter and still make a comparable salary to something that he would make at a traditional uh, big law firm. So I think that part of the business to us is very motivating because we're constantly getting feedback from attorneys and, you know, we build tools with our attorney network and we, we constantly get feedback from them. And, you know, I don't think we would be here without their, their, their feedback. So it's, it's a really exciting part of the business. Yeah, it, it does sound very exciting, especially extending the marketplace into a virtual law firm for the attorneys you have on the platform. So you have about 100 attorneys you mentioned at the outset. Mm-hmm. And what's the pricing model for an individual attorney to join the marketplace and use the platform? Yeah, so um, we don't charge anything on the attorney side. It's completely free for an attorney to get accepted to law trades. We do have a bit of a selective process in terms of who we onboard um, because um, we want to make sure the quality level on the supply side of the marketplace is very high. So we have a wait list right now of about 3,000 attorneys. And, um, you know, we've, we've only onboarded a very small fraction of them because, you know, there's an element in marketplace where you want to have equilibrium. You never want to have too much supply and too little demand, um, but you never, you also don't want to have too much demand and too little supply. So what we're really focused on is rather than just kind of signing up a ton of attorneys and, you know, having the vast majority of them be inactive because they're not sort of getting that much action or um, engagement on the platform, we've limited the supply side and we're more focusing on maximizing the revenue potential of each attorney that we onboard and collecting their feedback on how it's going. So because we're really focused, like I said, on on an end-to-end user experience, you know, we break down legal work into projects, which then gets broken down into milestones, which then gets broken down into the processes of how it's being delivered and how it's being worked upon. So it's completely free for an attorney to join. Um, we're still experimenting with different um, revenue models because we're venture backed. We're kind of more focused on growth and feedback and building product. Um, 
Right now, um, we're charging the clients a small transaction fee per project. But yeah, on the attorney side right now, it's, it's, it's completely free. We might roll out even the SaaS tools. Um, they're on par with a lot of software tools that most companies charge, uh, you know, a few hundred dollars a year or a few thousand dollars a year to use. Um, we think it's just the right to provide that um, at the outset for free. And yeah, you know, um, okay. I think it's, it's going to remain free. We might do some upsells here and there, but for the most part, we, we want to keep it free. Well, very good. So now tell me about the extension into Law Trades Apex and whether it's part of the platform or whether it's an extension and how it focuses on general counsel as opposed to the small business marketplace. Yeah, definitely. So Apex launched as a result of um, everything we learned from the original Law Trades Marketplace. So they're still the same product, still the same company. Um, it's just a different focus, which requires its own separate attention. So what we're really good at is helping people hire the right people online for both sides. So if you're someone seeking a particular type of work, we give you all the tools like we just kind of talked about to help you work within that niche. And if you're somebody that's looking for something in particular, we're really good at finding that right person for you. So as we were working through LawTrades, we realized that there's been a lot of um, general counsels and chief legal officers that were using our platform on a project-by-project basis. And um, the more we sort of dug into the data, we realized that there's this need for general counsels to use law trades in a way that's a little bit more longer term for projects, but still provides the same user experience. So the problem that general counsels face, um, particularly GCs within high growth tech startups, is the startups grow really fast, right? They'll go from like five to 10 employees to 200 to 500 to 1,000 within, you know, a few years or less, some, some even a few months. Um, but the issue is their legal department isn't scaling as fast as the company is scaling. So what we're really good at is sort of assembling that right team very quickly using the software we've already built, the algorithms that match people to the right people, our price calculators, our project management system. And we've now basically employ, employing, we're kind of currently employing a lot of that technology into helping general counsels scale their legal department with really good legal talent. So rather than start a project on a flat fee basis on the traditional launchers marketplace, you might want to engage with a contract attorney or contract paralegal for six months on a very specialized uh, need. Or if you're going through uh, financing or if you're going through onboarding 100 new employees, um, you can basically assemble that legal team on law trades which is completely distributed, which works out for GCs because it's significantly cheaper than hiring a full-time uh, attorney. And you can work with them virtually and pay them through our platform and approve invoices and, and do all this stuff to basically scale your legal department without having to go through you know, um, hours and hours of sourcing and vetting. Um, we do all of that for you. And we essentially, yeah, become LawTrade's Apex becomes an extension of your legal department. The last thing I would just say is essentially Law Trades Apex serves as an extension of every large company's legal department. A quick way to find, assemble, and deploy a distributed legal team that can scale with their company. Yeah, and it's been really fun to see how people use the platform in that different way that we didn't originally foresee. 
And just one follow-up question, Rod, is uh, where does the platform reside? Are you in AWS? Are you in Azure? Where is this on the web? Yeah, so uh, we're we're on AWS. We have a team of um, six or seven engineers, six and a half engineers right now. Uh, we're built on AWS. Um, our platform is on Node, so a lot of JavaScript. And, you know, yeah, we're on AWS. And all I need would be a web browser to connect. Yeah, so we're web-based. Um, we haven't launched a mobile app yet just because we haven't really found a very useful use case scenario yet since most people tend to do legal work over the web, over their browsers. Um, so, yeah, as long as you have access to a browser, Chrome, Safari, whichever, um, you can use LawTrade. Um, you can apply as an attorney or you can put in your request, um, assemble your legal team and get started within the same day. So, yep, just everything's on the web. Okay. Well, so you mentioned there's no app yet for mobile device. Uh, what's what's the roadmap for mobile device and possibly desktop? Yeah, so, um, you know, we've gone back and forth on the idea of launching an app. And I think apps are really useful when it eliminates steps into a traditional process that you would do on the web or if it's something you frequently use. So a lot of companies just build apps for the sake of building apps to say that they, they have an app. But when you think about it, like when you launch an app, um, you now have to maintain that app and you now have to sort of put in resources to continuously improve it. And for us, most of the data point towards lawyers working off of their laptops and off of web browsers. Now, that's not to say we'll never come out with an app. I think that there is a lot of cool use case scenarios with it. So, for example, one of the things that we're building into our platform is a time tracking app, um, a time tracking, I guess, feature within the web app. So, you know, that could be useful for an attorney if they're sort of like have their phone open and they press the play button and it starts tracking it and it gets synced to their project on law trades and it automatically sends out an invoice. Um, that could be useful, but you know, I always like to think if it helps remove some steps, will people open up this app every single day? Um, uh, for lawyers, there is, you know, that, that is likely for clients. Um, not too sure about that, but you know, it's something we're thinking about, but, you know, we like to just stay focused on, on on really just nailing this web product and we're coming out with a big launch in a couple of weeks. And um, from there, we'll be able to probably gather more data to see if it makes sense to build something on mobile or not. Well, we're running out of time, so I'm going to ask you one quick question. What advice would you give to new inventors? I would say stay persistent and read books that might be outside of your, your main interest. So if you're, if you're a coder, I would say read more books on philosophy. Um, if you are a non-technical manager, I would say pick up some books on developing technical skills. Um, for me, I didn't have a lot of friends that were doing startups, especially being in law school, as you can imagine. So I just read a lot of books while I was in school, and I still read a lot of books. And you know, I read a lot of autobiographies and, and kind of like, um, you know, figure out, try to figure out patterns of other successful inventors, or other successful entrepreneurs, and not necessarily emulate um, everything that they've done, but try to see what the trends are, right? And, and if you can recognize that, which generally entails failing a lot, um, picking yourself back up, experimenting a lot, pivoting, and, and just think persistent, I think the idea of continuously learning is one of our values in our company. So, if you can sort of bake that into 
whatever it is that you're you're working on or plan on working in, I think it will it will make the hard days less hard. Very good. Absolutely. Well, before we let you go, please tell our listeners how to reach you. Yeah. So uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at R44D. So R-A-A-D was taken. So I switched the A's with a four. Um, also on Instagram too, R44D. Um, you can go on Rodamed.com. Uh, but most importantly, check out lawtrades.com, L-A-W-T-R-A-D-E-S.com, especially if you're a general counsel listening to this. Uh, we'd love to sort of get your feedback on, on the platform and yeah, and then just kind of take it from there. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, it's just very interesting and we really appreciate your time. Well, we've reached the end of our time together, but if you like what you heard, please rate us in Apple Podcast. We'll see you next time for another episode of Law Technology Now. I'm Monica Bay, signing off. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.